Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Kane Gang, 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 to the Kane Gang Radio Show here on Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. Um, Derek Coe, DC, he's traveling today. He's headed up to uh, the Miami Clemson game. So I'm holding it down here with uh, former guest, Ryan Pittman, Dirty Bird. Dirty Bird, how you doing, man? Good, man. How are you, Jordan? Not too bad. It's a, it's a beautiful Friday morning, you know, early lunch hour. Um just just chilling man it's uh it is excited a, for this game i'm so excited today but i'll tell you what right i'm jealous of co because he's gonna be there right yeah. like oh man yeah i i can't even imagine i you know it'd be so exciting to be there um you know and just death valley is a legendary place to play um you know i i do the fours up podcast uh, as well with marsh thomas and sure and uh we've talked to a number of former players uh, like Bruce Johnson, LaVon Ponder, Lance Leggett, all of those guys said that, that Death Valley is the loudest place they've ever played football. Like yeah. bar none, not even close. Like they, they said it rattles your helmet. It rattles <laughs> your brain how loud those people are. So Yeah, well, in the Virginia game, I mean, you saw like the, the stadium. I mean, the way they had everybody spread out, they still had, you know, distancing and everything. But yep. that stadium still looked pretty full. <laughs> Yeah. So I know when we go in there, you know, it's not going to be the, you know, the, the shoulder to shoulder death Valley that it normally is. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but it, uh, it's definitely going to be an intimidating environment. Uh, yeah. You know, but uh, you know, Hey, if there's ever been a time that I, you know, that I've been confident walking into a game um, it's now, you know, and I say confident, but I also, also want to say that I'm, that I'm respectful of Clemson too. Right. I don't want to be arrogant or anything. I mean, you know, they've earned the, uh, you know, they've earned everything they've got. They've earned the respect that they have, but uh, you know, I'm confident in our ability to go out there and uh, you know, and, and, and really show what we got. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of strange. So I, I said last week that, you know, it, it's a departure from the norm for me because I'm, I'm not very, I don't know, last week or two weeks ago, going into Florida State, I didn't have any nerves, which is very rare for me. And it's because I was so confident that we were going to win. I actually <laughs> predict, I predicted a 40-point blowout, and, and that's pretty much what happened, right? Um, and then this for this game, I'm also just not feeling many butterflies, maybe a little bit. I think it's because I'm just – I don't have expectations to win at all. Like – I'm hopeful, but if we lose, like I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna feel like Chicken Little that the sky is falling in on our program because we weren't actually a top ten team. Like I, I'm just, I'm just happy to be where we're at. I, I love having De'Ara King and Rhett Lashley, and I'm hoping for a competitive game, but I'm really not expecting, I'm not expecting like a uh, an earth shattering upset. I'll say. How yeah. about you? Yeah, I mean, look, if, if we win, right, which I, which I think, you know, this game is pretty much probably, 
if you put, you know, the, the in, in terms of percentage, right, you're probably looking at, in my mind, 60-40, right? 60 on them and 40 on us, right? Just because they're number one drink team in the nation. But, you know, I'm, I'm totally confident in our ability to go in there and, and put up and we win, you know, I'm, I'm going to sit there and, and, and not think that this was a massive, you know, upset, that this was yeah. something that, you know, we're a good team and we deserved the victory that we got. I'll tell you what, though, with, with the momentum that Manny has built off of the field, if he can build equivalent momentum on the field, you know, if, if we win this type of game, that is the type of win that could catapult our program back into the blue chips. Absolutely. You know? Like, like this, this game is so impactful because, I mean, you got I – mean, we already have two five-star players committed. Um, you know, there's talk of a, a third might be on the way, and uh, we're still in play for one or two more. And, and if we win this game, you yeah. have to think that – I mean, we could end up with four or five five-star recruits in this next recruiting class. And, uh, I mean, when was the last time you saw that happen to anyone besides Bama and Clemson? Well, I think they're also the right kids, right, that they're, yeah. that they're bringing in, right? So it's not just that we're getting kids that are ranked because we were even pulling kids that were ranked in the, you know, the golden era, right, yeah. uh, which those kids weren't really the right kids for our yeah. program, right? But, you know, these guys that are on now, I mean, these guys are, these guys are into it, right? They're, yeah. they're energetic. They're out there. They're, they're campaigning on social media for other players to join them. Yep. Uh, they're, you know, they're all in, not to use the, the Clemson term this week, but, yeah. you know, I mean, they, are, they, are, they have bought into the, to the process. They bought into what we're building here. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really, really exciting thing. Yeah. So, so Dirty Bird, I, I want to ask you, like, let's, let's, let's get into the, like, the analysis for this game. So I want you to tell me what this game is going to look like. I want you to tell me what the Hurricanes are going to need to do to win. And uh, let's just kind of break this down. That's a lot of pressure, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. I mean, we'll start off by saying that, you know, I, I think that obviously this is the true barometer of where the program's at, right? You know, the, the three opponents that we've played so far, you know, you have UAB, which is a respectable group of five program, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're a decent program. Uh, you, you have Louisville, who is – or, excuse me, Louisville. Somebody always corrected me on how I say that before, so i got to make sure I say it properly. Uh, but you have Louisville, who uh, was explosive offense, uh, but really leaves a lot to be desired on defense, right? And that program's probably on the come up. But you, know, you don't really know where they are after they lost to us. They, they went and lost their following game. And you have Florida State that's pretty much been in shambles, right? Um, yeah. You know, so it's really tough to say exactly where we're at. I mean, I think we love what we've seen uh, offensively. I think we love, you know, the, what D.R. King's brought, what Red Lashley's brought, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the way that Manny's approached the games and everything. We love what we've seen so far, and it's given us a lot of confidence going in here. But we won't tr- truly know until, you know, about 10, 15 p.m. on Saturday night yeah. where we're at, right? So, um you know, to, to get in there, I mean, you know, some of the things that we've seen, you know, for, for me, keys for victory, you know, I, I think we got to have one or less turnovers, right? We have to take care of the ball. I think you can get one and you can get away with it, but you really have to uh, continue to take care of the ball, you know, make sure that, you know, whoever's returning kicks or punts is not, you know, fumbling the ball when they, when they go to catch it. It's going to be cold and rainy up there, right? So things like that are a possibility. 
Um, you know, we're going to need to keep elite special teams play going, which we've had so far. You know, when we, when we need to get up there and we need to punt, we need to make sure Lou Headley's out there and he's he's booming it and he's he's coughing cornering it as much as he as he possibly can. I uh, need to make sure that uh, that Jose Borgels is, is is dropping field goals for us, right? And he's not missing, you know, gimmies every time that they give us an opportunity to put points on the board. We need to take care of him, you know. And really, the, probably the, the 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 biggest point for any any uh, for anybody is going to be the line play, right? Both offensive and defensive, yeah. right? We have to put pressure. On Lawrence, we have to take him out of his comfort zone. Uh, we got to wrap Travis Etienne up, and whenever he's uh, whenever he's running, because uh, that guy that guy can absolutely run the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, we got to make sure that our line is, is is hitting their assignments, and that they uh, that they're communicating with each other, and that they're they're doing what it takes because they've got uh, they've got some stars on that on that D line. So yeah, yeah, you guys are listening to the Kang Gang Radio Show. Uh, is Jordan. You know, J-Man here with uh, Dirty Bird, Ryan Pittman. Uh, we're previewing the Kane, Miami Hurricanes and Clemson Tigers game this Saturday tomorrow at 730. Um, so we're, we're, talking, uh, we're talking keys to the game. Uh, you brought up a lot of good points, Dirty Bird. Um, one of the things that I'm worried about, so, so one of the things I've noticed with our defense this entire season is that we're, you know, we're kind of doing this bend-don't-break thing. I, I'm not loving the drives that we're giving up to these teams. Like UAB in the first half of game one, they were driving the ball on us pretty, pretty well, you know, pretty easily. Um, and then, you know, you saw it with the first drive in Florida State. I mean, Louisville had over 500 yards of offense on us. They were driving the ball all day. But here's the thing is, is we've turned those long drives into zero or three points. Like that's to give our defense credit. You know, people will move the ball on us, but then we've we've held them to zero or three points. This is the problem, though, is that this year in the red zone, Clemson is 100%. They are 13 for 13 on scoring points. They have 12 touchdowns and one field goal. So if we're letting them drive the ball, we're going to have a hard time creating that zero or three points. And they're just going to score touchdowns, man. That's my biggest fear. And that's what I'm worried about. And to extrapolate on that point, um, you know, where we're giving up a lot of those yards is in the middle of the field. Um, You know, up up the middle, right? It's, it's our, our linebackers and, you know, our, our defensive tackles have gotten a lot better in the pass game, but uh, you know, in the run game, they're still playing a little soft. Um, Dude, we're going up against Travis Etienne. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought if he would have declared for the draft, just my opinion, if he would have declared last year, he would have been the best running back in the board, on my opinion. Yeah. And, well, and, and, you know, the problem is, like, if we take him away, then Trevor Lawrence, man. So, so that, that's kind of my overall point is, like, I'm seeing this big quagmire that we have, you know, their offense versus our defense. I – like my brain is hurting trying to think of, of what we're going to do. I just don't really see, I don't see an easy path to victory when their offense goes up against our defense. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'm okay with the Ben don't break as long as we come out with the victory. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause I mean, here's the thing. I mean, you, you really have to be calculated against, uh, against a team that's, that's done what Clemson's done. Right. So you got to make sure that, that you're still putting pressure on them, but you're also not, you know, giving it up in the backfield and there, you know, Frank Ladson's, you know, dropping eight, you know, a, a 
you know, 68 yard touchdown on us. Right. Um, so, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with the bend don't break as long as we are able to turn it into a victory. You know, Jordan, something, something that I thought was crazy too. I mean, you look at the, at, you know, how Clemson's built their program, right. And yeah. they've got themselves up to, you know, pretty much the, cons- the consensus number one program, you know, probably over the past four or five years, year in and year out. I went and looked at their roster today. How many players do you think they have from Miami on that roster? You know, we talk about other programs coming in and building yeah. out of you know out of out of our backyard, and, and so we're talking we're talking their eighty-two man roster. Yeah, I mean, like anybody, like I mean, okay. yeah, just I mean, what do you think the percentage of it? Or give, give uh, me a number. Yeah, give me a number. I, of how many would, players you think? I'd guess about fifteen guys. Fifteen. One five. Yeah. Okay. So here's what shocked me: they have one former Miami commit, wow. Frank Ladson. That's really? It. Yes. Really? They have built that team through all guys from uh, from mainly South Carolina, Georgia, North Carolina, uh, wow. Virginia. Uh, there's probably, from the state of Florida, there's probably seven or eight in total. Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty crazy when you look at what they built. Yeah, you know, I, I know Alabama has lots of guys from down here. I, I honestly would have <laughs> expected Clemson to uh, to have a higher percentage of that. But, I mean, I guess they're at the stage, you know, the way that Dabo's been recruiting – they're kind of getting like they don't really have to have a pipeline, <laughs> you know, like, sure. like, like uh, Saban's kind of built a pipeline in South Florida. Ohio State's kind of built a pipeline in South Florida. Um, whereas I think Dabo's just, he's so red hot right now in everything he does that I think he's just looking at the two, four, seven top 10 players. And he's like, yeah, I'll take all 10 of them. You know, <laughs> I don't care where they're from, <laughs> you know, yeah. like that, that kind of, Seems like what's happening with with uh, the way Clemson's recruiting. Yeah, they've but, been on fire, man. That's for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, you know, I I was talking about uh, their offense versus our defense, um, but but let's let's go to the other matchup. Let's go Rhett Lashley versus Brent Venables. Um, <laughs> tell me your thoughts on that. How do you think our offense is going to do? Well, you know, I mean. It, We've only seen three games of Rhett Lashley, right? But yeah. those three games have been uh, absolute bliss in, in a Miami Hurricanes uh, fan's eyes, right? Uh, you know, I think we've seen, uh, you know, the first game didn't really open the playbook up, but we had that, you know, the power and the power spread offense, and we saw a lot of that, right? Uh, you know, we've seen, you know, we've seen three running backs, you know, really go in and be able to, to be able to tote the rock effectively for us and yeah. really in three different styles, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, we've we've seen that our wide receivers have caught or have dropped some balls that they shouldn't, right? So that's yeah. that's concerning. Um, you know, even Brett Venables went up and and, and praised our tight ends, right? Because we know that we have <laughs> you know the best one-two punch of, of tight ends in the in the game. So I'm definitely looking to see them uh, be involved uh, in in the offense. But yeah. you know, really, you know, one one thing we haven't seen at Miami in a long time is a smart quarterback who makes good decisions and who can put the ball down and, and, you know, and run with it if he needs to, who makes good throws, who doesn't, you know, doesn't really look to to kind of throw into pressure situations. So, you know, looking at this and the, the Lashley offense versus the Venables defense, I mean, the guys in Venables is probably the best DC in college football, right? I yeah. mean, I yeah, think it's pretty safe so. to say, but i tell you what, I mean, you know, Brett Lashley is, is, is going to be a guy who's going to challenge him, right? Because, yeah. you know, we've seen, 
you know, like we, we called out on the show before, sitting behind the bench, seeing how fiery of a coordinator that Rhett Lashley is. And the fact that, you know, he's not just sitting there and, and you know, just calling plays from, from upstairs. This guy's on the sidelines. He's up in the, yeah. he's up in each player's face. He's up in every position group meeting on the sideline. I mean, this guy is into it. He's making adjustments during the game. So, you know, I'm really just excited to see what, what's going to transpire. And I've got a lot of faith in Rhett Lashley that he's going to come up and do what it takes to put a, to put a winning effort on the field. Yeah. So I still think that there's something that we've yet to see out of the playbook. And I think that we're going to see a lot of it on Saturday. Oh yeah. The forecast is rainy. And I think that plays to, uh, you know, what I'm, what I'm going to say here. And I think what we've yet to see is we've yet to see um, a lot of runs called for the quarterback. You know, we, we haven't seen, we've seen Derek King leave the pocket in broken plays. We haven't seen a lot of designed runs called yet. Nope. And, and I think that is the one thing that, I mean, I just feel like it has to come, right? We have the most explosive quarterback, you know, when he's running in the whole country and we haven't really seen it yet. And, you know, that's kind of Rhett Lashley. Like that's part of who he is. He was the offensive coordinator when Nick Marshall was running all over the place at Auburn, right? Yep. So I really think that we're going to see that. I think we're going to see it come out in full force uh, on, on Saturday, tomorrow night. And uh, so Ryan, we're up against the break, but before we go to break, I would love to hear a score prediction from you. Oh, you're going to put me on the spot with a I'm score gonna, prediction? I'm going to put you on the spot right, right. now. All right. So I, I've actually been given some thought to this and, and here's where I, what I think we're going to do. I think you're going to see, the Miami Hurricanes score 31 and Clemson scored 28. Really? You're predicting a win? I am. You know, listen, man. Good for you, you know, man. We, well, you know, look, I mean, you know, you can call that a homer. You can call that a, a fan bet if you want, right? But, you know, I think these guys have earned that, right? I think yeah. that, you know, the, what they've shown us and, you know, how this team has performed, I, you know, I think that we, you know, we can go up there to the probably most intimidating environment in college football uh, and and pull off a victory, right? And I think the difference maker is uh, is is our boy Jose Bargals. You know. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I love to hear it, man. I'm I'm going to predict a loss. I'm going to predict forty-one to thirty-one. Mm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, oh, I I feel bad about it. I just uh, you know I I'm I'm trying to trying to be real with myself, and and I don't want to be disappointed when we lose to number one. You know. <laughs> So, well, you anyways. know, here's the thing. If you put a if you put a respectful effort ever forth against number one, you know, you can take a lot away from that, right? Yeah. As long as we, as long as it leads to a victory, if we, uh, if we happen to meet them in Charlotte at the end of the year. Yep, I agree with you, man. But we're up against the break, so you guys are listening to Kane Gang Radio Show. It's J Man and the Dirty Bird who's helping me guest host today. Sirius XM Channel One Forty Five Slam Radio. See you in a few minutes. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. 
Visit StopTechStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back to the Kane Gang Radio Show. It's your lunch hour. And me and the Dirty Bird, Ryan Pittman, are chilling. Uh, Dirty Bird's filling in for Derek Coe, who's on his way to the Miami-Clemson game tomorrow night. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're having some fun. We talked Canes in the first, uh, in the first segment. And uh, I wanted to talk some NFL right now. But before that, I wanted to just point out the, uh, the passing of, you know, one of my heroes – and uh, just a legend to music, uh, Eddie Van Halen, the guitarist and, and uh, you know, the leader of, of the band Van Halen, I guess. Um, dude, that was a bummer, man, because I, I am a huge Van Halen fan. Like he is, he was maybe the, the largest single inspiration to me during my childhood. You know, I was always playing the guitar or drums and always listening to music and, uh, and uh, you know, Eddie Van Halen was the reason why I did that. He was the reason why, you know, I, I, I wanted to create music myself. So, um, thoughts. He was amazing, man. Yeah. I mean, he's probably the, you know, when, when this guitar player debate comes up, right. Yeah. I'm not a huge music fan, but, but one thing, you know, they always, it's, it's kind of like the, the the Jordan LeBron, like who's the greatest that ever comes up and, you know, you look and there's probably Jimi Hendrix, Clapton, Uh Van Halen, um, I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving a couple off right now because I'm just thinking of them off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, all those guys were so unique in their greatness. And yeah. what Eddie Van Halen did, nobody else has ever done. Yeah. Like, nobody else ever played that style and yeah. would, would would turn his back to the crowd and just play this <laughs> yeah. just absurd riff that you're just yeah. like, what? Like, yeah. what is he doing? You know, but you knew it was authentic on the other end, but you didn't want anybody to be able to, to see him or, or, or cop his style yeah. there. So. You know, rest in yeah. peace, uh, sweet, sweet guitar prince, man. Like, uh, that was yeah. incredible. Yeah, man. It's uh, just, you can't even speak to it enough. Like I, I was a uh, somewhat of a Van Halen historian when I was in my early teens. You know, I just consumed every piece of biographical information or, you know, um, technical when it came to his guitar playing, like the techniques that he would do. I would just like, I was a sponge for it. 
And, uh, dude, the, the guy was a mad scientist. Like, like not just an innovator. He was an innovator times 10. You know, like, I don't get how his mind worked. <laughs> because, you know, he was doing all kinds of uh, electrical engineering. You know, he, he modified every single piece of equipment that he ever touched. And, and then just on top of that was just an incredible player. But anyways, we'll get to the NFL. I just, uh, you know, well, want to send... I do have to ask you one question before we move off the Van Halen thing. I'm going to put you on the spot on it. Okay. What is your favorite Van Halen guitar riff of all time? Ooh, that, you know, there's so many. There is. Um, do you want me to go first? Yeah. Yeah. You go first. For me, the first time I heard hot for teacher. Okay. I couldn't believe it wasn't like multiple guitars, like, cause it was just, yeah. so fast and so intense and everything so yeah. i would have to say a top teacher for me okay well i'm gonna have to go two if that's okay i'm gonna go one from the david lee roth era and one from the sammy hagar era um this might surprise people i don't think this would be a very common one but off of the fair warning album 1981 i love the guitar in hear about it later um okay. it's very echoey and kind of like calm and then you know, there's, there's a breakdown in the middle that's just like, it's like a punch to the gut because it's just so raw and, and sounds so angry. Right. And uh, so I, I've always been enchanted by that song. Um, one of the first that I just sunk hours into learning how to play. And then uh, from the Sammy Hagar era, I love the song. Well, I like the guitar more than the song. I love the guitar playing on the song Amsterdam off of their 95 album Balance. So okay. those are my two favorites. Wow. Um, I mean, I really put you on the spot there too. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so some good answers. Well, and, and honestly, I mean, I'm the one off of their uh, first record in 1978. That, that okay. is another guitar song that just like, dude, my, my hair stands up all over my body and I, I have a lot of hair, man. I got a beard <laughs> and long hair, and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like I just, uh, I'm, I'm immobilized when I hear that song. Oh uh, man. But anyways, on to the NFL, you know, thoughts to the Van Halen family and, you know, everyone Absolutely. affected by it. Like, uh, he was an important dude in a lot of people's lives. So, Absolutely. But, but anyways, we had a, we had a cool week four. Um, I, I feel like the NFL is still trying to figure out which teams are good and which aren't. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been going back and forth on whether the Arizona Cardinals were a decent team or not. Um, <laughs> you know, the Detroit Lions and the Carolina Panthers, I also have in that group. But I'm actually I'm warming up to the Panthers. I, I kind of like them. Yeah. Um, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, man, a one-time uh, Miami yeah. Hurricane commit. You know? Yeah, right, right. And they, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey's out, but I actually they're they're running backs Davis and and Bonifon. I think that's his name. Um, those dudes were pretty good. Like I don't think this yeah. is McCaffrey too bad, which is weird. But uh, anyways, Dirty Bird, um, you ready to do some power rankings? Yeah, let's do it. Let's rank them up, man. Okay. Okay, so uh, let's see. Why don't you give me your top 10 NFL power ranking teams? Okay. All right, let me see. Let me start at number 10 here. I'm going to say the Colts at number 10 because I think they have a really strong defense. Yeah. Uh, Phillip Rivers isn't, isn't, isn't playing great, but he isn't, isn't playing bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, I'd have and, to you say – You know, I, I like that pick at 10. Um I don't have them in my top 10, but I'm 
So I've been off of, like, I've been very vocally anti-Philip Rivers for about two years now, and I think I'm just being prideful because they probably should be in the <laughs> 9 or 10 range, but yeah. I left them off. They do have a fantastic defense, though, and, and you know, they're really making uh, noodle arm river, Rivers, as I call them, or old man Rivers. <laughs> they're not making them do much, so yeah. they can win some games. Go ahead. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a, a little bit of a surprise at number nine, and I'm going to okay. take the Bears. Okay. Uh, they're four and one now after last night's uh, victory yeah. um, against the Bucks and yeah. Tom Brady. So uh, at number eight, uh, let's see. Let's. I'm probably going to go with New Orleans. I still believe in the in the Saints and and what they what they bring and the fact that they've got Drew Brees and mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara and you know Michael Thomas coming off injury here. I mean, I think that team is, yeah. is, is stacked and and whatnot. Um, I think at number seven, I'm going to go with uh, the Titans just because they're undefeated. I don't. Okay. I think they're probably going to fall <laughs> as we yeah. as we go down a little more. Uh, yep. Let's see, number six. Let's go Pittsburgh. Uh, really like what they've got put together. Um, number four, I'm going to go Baltimore. Um, okay. Number five. Or excuse me. What did I say? Number five. Yeah. Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. So let's go number four. I'm going to go with uh, your Buffalo Bills, right? I think they've That's done right. outstanding I'm fist job. I'm pumping right now. Nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, man. Uh, let's see. Number three, I'm going to go with Seattle. Um, I think they've just been outstanding this year, and Russ is playing elite. Uh, number two, I'll go Green Bay. Uh, you know, they haven't turned the ball over through four games, which is incredible. And, mm-hmm. you know, number one, I think you got to stay with the, uh, with the you know, defending Super Bowl champion, yeah. Kansas City, right? Yeah. No, I love got? it, man. I love it. So um, I did mine before the uh, the game last night. So I still have okay. Tampa Bay in there, but you know when I do week five, I'm they're going to fall out of the rankings. Right. Um, so at number ten, I have the New Orleans Saints. Um, okay. I'm not out on them. I'm I'm not a big believer in Drew Brees right now, uh, but Alvin Kamara is just he's a game breaker, man. He's so good. They still have Michael Thomas, and and uh, you know their defense hasn't been playing half bad either. Um, at number nine, I have the new England Patriots and that is kind of contingent on Cam Newton coming back soon. Um, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not betting on uh, Brian Hoyer or Jared Stidham, <laughs> but I think they have a very, very good defense and they're very well coached. And I think with Cam Newton, um, it'll be good enough for them to, to try to get double digit wins. I think they'll be sure. in, in that neighborhood. Sure. Um, at eight, I have the Los Angeles Rams. Um, and that is because uh, we're going to talk about MVP candidates here in a little bit, but Aaron Donald is a beast. I mean, you mentioned I'm a Bills fan, and uh, two weeks ago when the Rams and Bills played, I, I learned very well that Aaron Donald is probably the best player in the NFL because he was in Josh Allen's grill every single play, and it was so frustrating, man. He's just <laughs> – he's a beast. Um, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me um you know their offense is is making it work they have a pretty good rushing attack and uh you know jared goff is a, a solid game manager um at seven i had the tampa bay bucks um you know last night they lost to chicago so they're gonna drop um at six i have the pittsburgh steelers um they just have so many weapons man and, and like big ben's been there you know like like, sure. we'll, we'll see what happens with them. At five, I got the Baltimore Ravens. They're my highest-ranked team with a loss. Um, you know, I, I don't want to bet against Lamar, even though he's looked kind of shaky. 
Um, at four, I got my Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, Josh Allen is has been incredible. Um, I think their their defense has been a weak spot, but I think their defense can only get better. They have really bad injury problems. They're missing three starters right now. Like yeah. their defense is only going to get better, and their offense has been very explosive. I mean, you got Josh Allen second in passing yards, Stephon Diggs number one in receiving yards. Um, and that's not even talking about John Brown and Cole Beasley. So you've got three spots left, and you've got four undefeated teams. So I'm just to see where you go with this. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the one that I didn't even have in the top ten. Um, so <laughs> three, I have the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. Um, you know, Russ is just playing out of his mind right now. Two, so this is a departure from last week. I bumped the Kansas City Chiefs down to two. And that's okay. because of how good Green Bay is playing right now. So, you know, the Green Bay was, has just been more convincing than Kansas City so far. Yep. And, uh, you know, as long as Kansas City is undefeated, they'll be in my top two. Um, you know, Pat Mahomes is unreal. Like, they're, they're going to be there, man. They're, they're at least going to the AFC Championship. Um, and at one, Green Bay Packers, you mentioned they haven't turned the ball over. Aaron Rodgers apparently thinks it's 2014 again because he's playing incredible. Um, Aaron Jones looks nice. You know, Devontae Adams is, is a legitimate all-pro receiver. Um, so, yeah, that leaves the, uh, the Tennessee Titans not in my top ten. <laughs> yeah, you know, look, they only made mine because they're undefeated, but yeah. I don't really think they're that outstanding, right? Like, well, yeah, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender, right? Like, yeah. you, know, you may be undefeated, but – yeah. You know, hey, you uh, you got a game suspended well, la- or, or, you know, moved last week because yeah. you guys couldn't manage COVID. So, you know, yeah. for that, I'm, I'm kind of with you for pushing yeah. out of your top ten. Well, here's why. Is the combined record of their opponents is one and eight. And, wow, good uh, stat. They have won. So they're 3-0, and oh, right? They've won their three games by a combined six points <laughs> against teams that are one and eight. That one win comes from the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's the best team they've beat. Oof. Wow. Yeah. So, 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 yeah, I agree with you leaving them out, man. That yeah. was, I mean, you made, it, you made a good compelling case for leaving them out. Yeah. They just, uh, you know, I, I think they've had a lucky schedule. I mean, they've played I, – I can't even think of the, all the teams they've played right now, but the Jags were the best one. And, you know, the Jags aren't good, and they barely beat them. So, so speaking of bad teams, I, I want to lead us into another topic here. Are you ready for this one? Yeah. The NFC East, man. Ooh. That's not <laughs> so bad. That's the worst teams. <laughs> so, so, like, it's it's probably the bottom four. Of yeah, the whole they league. should move the Jets into that division. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so of the N- NFC East teams, right? The combined record of that division right now: three, twelve, and one. Ooh, dude, that's wow. brutal. That is brutal. So Jordan, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to pick a I'm gonna ask you to pick a horse in that race right oh, there. Oh gosh, who's going to the playoffs with five or six wins? You know, if there was any justice in this world, they'd get zero playoff teams. Like <laughs> Roger Goodell should make an executive order that they don't get one this year. It's just it's disgusting. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go with the Dallas Cowboys, um, who I think are a terrible team, um, but I they have a lot of firepower on offense. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think they'll figure out a way to win six more games <laughs> and get into the playoffs yeah. at seven and nine. Well, I'll agree with you on Dallas, and, and here's why. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at it one thing. They got the best quarterback in the division Actually, by far. 
you know, I'm thinking about it though. So for them to go seven and nine, they'd have to go six and six the rest of the way. I'm telling you, it's going to be a five win playoff team. You're right. <laughs> There's no way that the Cowboys go 500 for the rest of the year. Oh my goodness. There's no way. There's really no way. You know, the Eagles, let's see, the Eagles are one, two, and one. They're in first place. Do you think the Eagles could go, could the Eagles go five and seven for the rest of the year? Can they? Yes, just because they play in the worst division, but will they? I don't know. They haven't really shown us much. <laughs> Dude, I think you're right, man. I, I think we might be looking at a five and 11 or six and 10, or if it's the Eagles. I mean, could you imagine if the Eagles get in at five, 10, and one? wild absolutely it is wild. wild it might happen though the, hey it's 2020 man don't i mean expect it this year there's no way that <laughs> there's no way that the cowboys go six and seven or six and six or whatever they need to do i don't, I, don't right, so know. I got i got i got another one for you here yeah which new york team is gonna have a worse year um they're both i, I mean record wise i think they're going to be about the same but i think the yeah. jets are a bigger dumpster fire <laughs> they are. the jets are horrible man they are yeah they are i've, I've got to say the jets too even though i think they're i think they have a little bit better of a roster than what yeah. the giants do at this point i mean the giants look so depleted yeah especially after they lost saquon it's like you look at that team and you're like who plays there yep. you know they really have nobody on either side of the ball but you know, the, the Jets, I mean, you know, momentum is everything, and they have none, and they probably have yeah. – who's, in my opinion, the worst head coach in, in, in the NFL. Well, <laughs> yeah. he's now the worst head coach after Bill O'Brien got fired this week. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Adam Gase is, is, is pretty bad. Yeah. Well, so we're right up against the break, so we're, we're going to take a few minutes to, to uh, pay some bills. Uh, but you're listening to the Kang Gang Radio Show. It's me and, and the Dirty Bird today. Uh, what? Filling what? In, yeah, filling in for Derek Coe. It's Slam Radio Channel 145 Series XM. See you guys in a few minutes. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Series XM 145 Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today. Here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, it, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. 
I'm done. Tonga Vailoa. Tua nigga Manuala Pola. Tonga Vailoa. Tua nigga Manuala Pola. Tonga Vailoa. Tua nigga Manuala Pola. Tonga Vailoa. See? That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back to the Kane Gang Radio Show. We're uh, we're heading into our last segment here. It's it's been a fun one so far. You know we're uh, yep. making do without uh, without Derek Coe, who's you know headed to see Miami Hurricanes versus Clemson Tigers tomorrow night on College Game Day. Um, we've been talking some NFL. Uh, you know we went over our our power rankings in the last segment. We talked about the NFC least. You know, the NFC East, which is horrible. You mentioned there are three 12 and one a year combined. Uh, we talked about how horrible New York football is as a whole. Um, but what else is there? What is, how about the MVP race? You got, let's, you got a top five for it. the MVP race? Sure. Absolutely. Well, let's say for, for my top five, I've, I've got Pat Mahomes in the number five spot right now. Right, and I think that all five of these guys are, are deserving, right? And anybody could be in the number one spot. But I got Pat Mahomes at five. Uh, I've got Alvin Kamara at four. Okay. Right? I like that. I like that pick. Dude, Kamara's a monster, and he's been, he's been winning fantasy football matchups for me on yeah. a weekly basis. And I, I love it, but then I hate it because in the other league that I'm in, the league that I'm in with you, yeah. the team that I'm playing, I'm playing against Kamara this yeah. week. So I've got him going for my team, but yeah. against me playing this week. So it's kind of like yeah. a – Okay, if you're going to have a little bit of an off week, that's fine as long as the yep. other guys pick it up on the other team. Yeah, I, uh, I like that. It, sorry, if you don't mind me interjecting real quick. No, I like that Kamara pick um, because, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not high on Drew Brees this year, yet I think the New Orleans Saints are a pretty good team still. And yeah. if you watch them, pretty much 80% of their offense is Drew Brees throwing five-yard out routes to Alvin Kamara and him turning into 30-yard gains. It really is. Breeze, Breeze's arm is done. You know, really for <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, like he's too old to be in the NFL now. Um, and he's just getting the ball to the most dynamic running back that's playing right now. And, uh, you know, letting Kamara do his thing. So, sorry, go ahead and, and give us your top three now. Yeah, so number three, right, I had a debate. You know, even, even the higher I get in this list, well, number one's pretty obvious, but yeah. number two and three, I really had a debate here. But I would say in the three hole right now is Josh Allen, right? Okay. Another, another one of the players on the uh, Dirty Bird fantasy football team this right now. Uh, he's, he's been a monster, right? I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's winning games, right? Yeah. He's throwing the ball well. He's running the ball well. He's not turning it over much. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's playing great, right? In the number two hole, it's probably the only guy who's playing better than him right now because he hasn't turned the ball over at all. And that's uh, Aaron Rodgers, right? Yep. Um, Aaron's playing incredible right now. Uh, yeah. And, you know, got to give love and respect to, to what he's doing. Uh, but in the number one hot spot, it's, it's yeah. Russ, right? I mean, Russell Wilson has just been 
uh, incredible for the Seahawks. I mean, he's been a, he's been a monster. I mean, you know, he, he probably, if you, if you look at uh, the guys that you watch throw, um, he probably throws the prettiest ball in the league, in my opinion. Yeah. Who, who's and, on your top five? Okay. So let's see my, my top five um, at number five, I have Pat Mahomes, um, you know, okay. and then uh, at number four, I got Aaron Rodgers. Okay. You, you talked about him. He's just had an incredible year so far. Um, you know, hasn't turned the ball over. I mean, he looks like it's, you know, he looks like five years ago, Aaron Rodgers right now. He's just kind of doing whatever he wants, making all the throws. Um, at three, I have Aaron Donald. I talked about him a little bit. Mm. I want to give, give some love to a, a defensive player. I just think he's pretty much putting the, the L.A. Rams on his back right now. And, uh, you know, we don't see that often. We don't – we rarely see the most impactful player on a team coming from the defensive line, and I, I love yeah. it. So, so I'm – I can't on, argue on that one one bit, man. Yeah. And then I got a tie at first right – actually, you know what? I don't care. I, I don't have a tie. At number two, I got Russell Wilson. <gasps> oh, my God. Here he goes. Yeah, here I go. Here I go, and I got a whole lot of stats. Because, you know, last week when I wanted to talk about this, you could see – I mean, you guys can't see, but I could see the annoying – like, I could see – I could see how annoyed Derek was with me last week when I brought this up. Oh, yeah. He doesn't like the Bills. You know, he thinks that I'm an idiot whenever I talk about Josh Allen. And, uh, you know, just the look on his face, I could see it. Um, but anyways, at two, I have, so you, you, you picked the weekies away to slip this in there, right? Yeah. Dude, I, I see it, how it is. Right slipping now. On, slipping in on the little dirty bird, huh? Exactly. Exactly. As far as I'm concerned, it's my show right now. So we're going to talk about <laughs> Josh Allen for the next 40 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. But anyways, um, I got Russell Wilson at two. Um, he's played incredible. Like, like I have no problem with him even being at one right now. I actually did have him at one all season until I thought Josh Allen had a better week four. Is, are we at three or four? Where are we Jeez. Yeah, last week was four. I thought <laughs> – We're thought, into five now, man. I know, man. I, Bears are four and one, bro. Get, get on it, man. It's all going so fast. I, I, thought, I thought Josh Allen played better in week four, so I bumped him up to number one. And, and listen to some stats. So Josh Allen is second in passing touchdowns. He's second in passing yards. He is a threat with his legs. And he's a playmaker. And, you know, his team is undefeated. He's completing 72% of his passes. Uh, he has a better QBR than Russell Wilson right now. And this is my favorite stat right now. So in his last 15 games, he has 35 touchdowns and one interception. So, yeah, you know what? Look, like Russ, or, or excuse me, uh, Josh Allen has, has, has played incredible. But I mean, yeah. you know, the anybody who plays fantasy football and is playing against Russell Wilson is going to yeah. beg to differ because he's yeah. been hanging like 40, 50 points on you yeah. every single week, and I've been yeah. the victim of playing against Russ. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I have no arguments with saying Russell Wilson is number one, um, you know, and, and I'm a Bills fan, right? So, so I'm just – I'm hanging it all out there. I think it's close. You know, here on my, on my notes, I had him as 1A, 1B. But you know what? Who cares? I'm going with, with Josh Allen as my number one dude right now. So, 
You know what? You know, Sometimes it's okay to be a homer, though. Like with with yeah. my with my uh, with my Canes thirty one twenty eight prediction <laughs> over uh, the number one in the nation, Clemson Tigers. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, and, and especially if you're willing to acknowledge, like, hey, I'm I'm a Bills fan. I love Josh Allen, and uh, he's number one on my MVP list. He could easily be two or three. You know, that's probably more realistic. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, you know, Coe's planes landing uh, in, in, in Atlanta here soon to go to the Clemson game. I'm sure he's probably getting off and he's listening to us right now and he's, <laughs> he's ready to call in and be like, Jordan, what are you talking about with Josh Allen with that craziness? He's going to say, I get, see that, it get that right Josh now. Allen talk off my show. Yeah, yeah well, guess what, Coe? That's your problem, man. He's, <laughs> he's landing right now and he's, he, and he, and he's pulling up his, his Sirius XM app and he's, uh, yeah. he's pulling us up here on Slam 145. And, and uh, you know, he's like, wait a minute. And I can tell. I can tell he's I'm surprised he hasn't started texting us yet. I'm I'm gonna get some shirts made that says Kane Gang Radio Show and then on the back it says Allen seventeen. Ooh. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. Um but anyway, so yeah, wrapping up NFL talk. Um let's let's move on to the NBA. Are you you're a Miami Heat fan, aren't you? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I thought. I'm all Miami, wondered. baby. I'm all Miami. Okay. Through and through. Okay. Born and raised. Yeah, well, well, let's talk about this, man. So, so tonight you're facing elimination. The Lakers are up three sure. one. Um, how are you feeling right now? Well, let me start off by saying, number one, I'm proud of this team. Right, yeah. I'm proud of this team for uh, fighting through uh, adversity through three rounds. Where you know, I mean, we were kind of a pick 'em against the Pacers. Yeah, uh, we were we were guaranteed loss against the Bucks. We were guaranteed loss against the the Celtics. Uh, you know, everybody picked us to get swept against the Lakers. And, you know, we came out and, you know, Jimmy Butler put the entire team on his back. And, um, you know, look, I, I think we've played pretty well against this this Lakers team. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm proud of this team first and foremost, right, in, in, in the effort that they've put together. And, and you know, heat culture is real, right, yeah, just because absolutely. you go to the NBA finals and you lose. Uh, doesn't mean he, he, you know, doesn't mean that the, the culture is not there. I mean, yeah. you know, hey, you know, the guy that we're possibly about to about to lose to has has, has lost plenty of NBA finals, right? Yeah. He lost two of them while he was while he was here with us. Um, but you know, I mean, I, I tell you what, I mean, you know, just watching this finals, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm not just gonna gonna trash him because we're playing against them, but you know, the the, the way the Lakers have have approached this series. I mean, they've been crybabies out there, man. I mean, if you watch like literally every call, it's like, oh, oh my gosh, I didn't what? Like, I mean, they're like yeah. they're in the rest face. Like, it's like, c- come on, guys. Like, you know, you guys are supposed to be the gold standard of the league, right? As you carry yourself, but you're out here just just crying. You know, it, it, the the thing that I liken it to is, you know, when Miami lost to FIU. Like, yeah, you know, you know, FIU, you won the game, you beat us. You know, yeah. you, you beat us fair and square, but at the same time, you were flopping the whole time and trying yep. to stop the clock and, you know, just doing cheap things that, well, you can say, oh, well, it was within the rules, yeah. right? But, you know, I mean, like, really, is that how you want to win? Yeah, I get what you're saying. And, and I, I want to touch on the first point you made, you know, being proud of, of, of the Miami Heat as a fan. You know, I'm a Utah Jazz fan. I'm, I'm kind of an outside guy. I'm actually a huge hoops head, though. You know, most people know me for my football takes and, and the stuff I do with football, but my first love is actually the NBA. Um, and I, I love watching the Miami Heat this year. Like, they play basketball the way that I've always loved to watch the game. Um, 
you know, I, I think Pat Riley did a miraculous job with this roster. Um, you know, you guys didn't really have cap space. Uh, you made some, you know, magical deals to, to get Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder there and, um, you know, really hit on some great draft picks and signings with Kendrick Nunn. Uh, you know, Bam is, is – Don't say that name right now. <laughs> Don't say that name to a Heat fan. Yeah. You know, Bam is, is much better than I think a lot of people expected. I mean, he was drafted, what, like 10th? Um, and, and he's playing well above, you know, his expectations. And, and uh, you know, and then Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. So credit to the Heat organization. I agree with you that the culture thing is real. Um, but, I mean, the, the Lakers, it's kind of weird, you know. Like, I actually think this Lakers team – who I'm predicting to win tonight in, in five games. Um, I actually think they're one of the worst NBA Finals champions in the last 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. I don't really think they're that great of a team. I, I think you put this Lakers team up against any of the LeBron Cleveland teams, any of the LeBron Miami teams, um, definitely any of the Golden State Warriors teams. I, I think you know any of the San Antonio Spurs teams, I think that this Lakers team is getting hammered. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not a big fan of this Lakers team. I did say at the beginning of the season that they were in my tier one. I, you know, I, I, I like to do tiers for the NBA rather than just ranking. And I had the Clippers and Lakers in tier one. And then in tier two, I had the Nuggets, Bucks, Jazz. Um, I didn't have the Heat there, but I actually would put the Heat in, into that group now. It probably is the class of that group. Um, you know, so the Clippers in tier one, though, man, like before really? the season, yeah. Before, okay, okay, preseason, okay, okay. Yeah, I, and and you know, I can see you there. Yeah, they're still kind of interesting, though. You know, like like I, they shouldn't have lost. I, I think that was mental weakness on display. They have a better roster than the Denver Nuggets. Um, it was just Paul George. I mean, if we're being honest, so that's just what Paul George does. <laughs> playoff P. <laughs> yeah, that's playoff, playoff P. P. That's playoff oh, P is going four for eleven. Yeah, you know right? we, we we make fun of this guy though, like for yeah. being you know playoff P for this one series. Yeah, but man, I remember when you know watching him play against the Heat, yeah. and he was Jimmy Butler, right? Like yeah. he was taking over for the Pacers yeah. in those Eastern Conference Final series and putting that team on his back. So, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know tear the guy up over yeah. over this one series. Yeah, he disappeared. Yeah. He was a ghost, but yeah. you know. I mean, you know what? <laughs> it was all Frank Vogel. I just decided. <laughs> no, <I'm> just <laughs> Common denominator, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I agree with you. You know, I, I've been a big Paul George fan in the past, but I mean, really, the last what three years he's just disappeared, man. I mean, no. my my Jazz took down the the Thunder last year in the playoffs. Like we just dismantled them, and. Uh, you know, we weren't very kind. <laughs> we weren't very kind to – we called him push-off P, right, because he sucked yeah. and he kept pushing off. <laughs> so – Brutal, yeah. man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's a great player. He's a great two-way player, but he just, like, well, doesn't show up. Here's the thing right now. Like, if you look at it and you look at how many great players are in the league right now, yeah. I and mean, you know, this is all a product of the NBA and the, you know, the, the – the, changing the rules and making it mm-hmm. i mean there was like i think there was what like like seven or eight guys who averaged over like 28 points a game yeah so, you know i didn't come prepared with that stat so that could be inaccurate but i mean you know you, you look at the year that jordan averaged like 36 
He yeah. did a two points a two points a game in the toughest era of basketball. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the next closest person was like like twenty six points a game, right? Yeah. So I mean, he out he outpaced somebody like ten points. So to me, no matter what, Jordan will forever be the goat. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I mean, we could talk for hours on this. I I wouldn't necessarily disagree. I actually have Jordan just a hair above LeBron right now. And actually, you know, I think LeBron wins this fourth title, which he might do tonight. And then, uh, you know, he's on pace to break the scoring record. I think there's a very real argument for LeBron at one. Um, but, I mean, we could just go on for that. We only got a few minutes left. But Sure. But uh, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this one thing on that. You know yeah. what? Michael never disappeared. LeBron yeah. has criminally disappeared on multiple yeah. occasions. So, to me, the greatest yeah, MJ. And it's unquestionable it, to me. I, I get that. And it's, it's, a, it's a very valid point. I do think context is important, though, because Jordan had very – he was the third pick in the draft. So I don't want to say he had little expectations. But he was the third pick in the draft. Like, he, no one expected him to be Michael Jordan. Whereas LeBron James, since he was 17 years old, people have said – he is going to be as great as Michael Jordan. And he, for the most part, I mean, he's lived up to that. Like, even if you say he's not as good, like, yeah. is he in your top three all time? Oh, of course. I mean, look, I'm not so, going to, I'm not going to deny his, yeah. his greatness, but you know, here's the thing. Like, you know, I think LeBron could have easily been considered above Jordan, if not for yeah. a couple of things. Yeah. Number one, Michael, or number one, LeBron James tried to control too much around him. Yeah. He has he has influenced heavily uh, coaches and mm-hmm. uh, players that the yeah. front office acquires, and you need to leave that to the experts, not yeah. sit there and say, "Hey, I want to play with J.R. Smith," and you For know sure. J.R. Smith goes into the, the I agree. you know the playoffs and disappears, yeah. right? And I mean, you know, a lot of the guys right now, it's a miracle he's winning with guys like KCP and Danny Green, who Danny Green couldn't hit, you know. I mean, Danny Green can't hit anything right now. Yeah. I mean, he's just he's just a joke out there, right? Um, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a miracle he's living with the, winning with the guys he's winning with. So yeah, I and you know, I have nothing against that point. I think that's a very valid point. I, I guess what I'm saying is like LeBron has had a very heavy burden placed upon his shoulders from a young age and, and to do what he's done. I mean, we've watched that, that mantle of being the next Michael Jordan. It's crushed everybody, but him, it crushed Tracy McGrady. It crushed Vince Carter. It crushed, um, and you know, relatively speaking, right. Um, it crushed Andrew Wiggins and, and, um, so I don't know. I, I can... <laughs> Did you just pull Andrew Wiggins into this conversation? Maple Jordan, man. He's, he's not even top 100 in the league right now. I know, but, you know, I mean, his nickname was Maple Jordan. He was the first oh, overall geez. pick, you know. Nah. So anyways, we're, we're, uh, we're done for the day, man. I wish we yeah. could keep going, but. Uh, I'm going to go grab some lunch, man. <laughs> yeah, Frank would kill me if we kept going. So, anyways, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. This is uh, the Kane Gang Radio Show. It's me and, and Dirty Bird filling in today. Um, Slam Radio. Sirius XM channel 145. Have a great weekend and go Canes. Go Canes! The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.